Hi, this is Mike Madura and you're listening to the ZFM Sports Podcast. Z. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes and the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behavior. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. And the world of sport has just hit championship season as great competition after great competition enters the business end to decide who will walk away the victors. And ZFM Sport is tracing it all the way to the finish line for you. And doing that tracing in studio is Chris Midzi, Barry Manandi, Alois Bunjira, myself, Mike Madoda. Our producer is Sean Tafirinika as we tell you the stories that you need to know coming out of the world of sport, local as well as in. International. We always start off on the home front where the Zimbabwe Olympic Committee has announced the 10 local athletes who have been granted Olympic solidarity scholarships by the International Olympic Committee to assist them in their preparations and qualification for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. In our international sports news, we go stateside for an update on the NBA playoffs where after scuffling through a frustrating first three quarters, Grizzlies guard Jay Morant exploded with a vengeance in one of the most complex compelling closing performances in recent post-season history. We'll also take you around the world in 60 with updates from England, Spain as well as South Africa. In the beautiful game, it's all about the UEFA Champions League where Pep Guardiola rude Manchester City's missed chances as they beat Real Madrid 4-3 but squandered the opportunity to kill off the Spanish side in a game Guardiola described as, quote, a fantastic Champions League semi-final. And Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp insists he will not underestimate, quote, world-class Villarreal boss Unai Emery uh, ahead of their semi-final first leg encounter tonight. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. Right, the Zimbabwe Olympic Committee has announced the 10 local athletes who have been granted Olympic solidarity scholarships by the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, to assist them in their preparations and qualification for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. The 10 athletes are swimmers Donata Katai, Denilson Ciprianos, and Nomvula Mujimba. Long distance athletes Isaac Mpofu and Fortunate Chidzivo, Judoka Christ Rose Pretorius, rowers Stephen Cox, and Justine Carla Hobbs. Triad athlete Andy Kuypers and triple jumper Chengetai Mapaya. Let's hear from the Minister of Youth, Sport, Arts and Recreation, Kirsty Coventry, who herself is a former beneficiary of these scholarships. 
It's very exciting to see our, our young athletes, our talented athletes that are being recognized for their hard work. Um, and hopefully this will really help them in their preparation for Paris 2024 with different things that they may need. So it's, it's really exciting uh, to see. As I reminded them, there's a bit of responsibility that comes with that scholarship in order to take care of themselves and work hard and try to get the best uh, training atmosphere and best environment that they can. I mean, I was a scholarship holder myself for many years and it made the biggest difference in my training because it just meant I had a bit of extra money where I could get the massages that I need, I could eat the proper food, I could travel um, and pay for air tickets when there hadn't uh, been that support coming. So it really will make a huge difference and I hope that the athletes will take and use the money wisely and put it towards um, their training specifically for Paris. Uh, the Minister of our Youth, Sport, Arts and Recreation, Kirsty Coventry, speaking uh, about the benefits of being awarded those scholarships. And of course, uh, Zimbabwe's beneficiaries uh, for the 2022 to 2024 Olympic Solidarity Scholarships for athletes preparing for the Paris Games in 2024 were announced at a cocktail hosted by the French ambassador to Zimbabwe, Laurent Chevalier, on Monday. And I guess uh, a logical place to start, Chris, would be be uh, to uh, ask what the scholarships are meant for and what are the sort of the things that they cover. We heard Kirsty uh, cover just one or two of them, but what do they really benefit the athletes, uh, these scholarships? So the couple of things that she mentioned, the access to, you know, some good training facilities, also um, travel costs if they're to participate in competitions, including the Olympic qualification events, those she mentioned. But also I think one key thing is that these Scholarships allow the athletes to get a coach who specialize in their specific sporting discipline, which I think sometimes our athletes don't ordinarily have access to, just considering the cost, because those coaches are sometimes in high demand. And also um, taking a look at their regular medical scientific assistance and monitoring, which is key for athletes. I think the science is often a part that we leave out. Um, Just as Africans, the science is not necessarily the important part. And that's something that these uh, scholarships will also be covering. Another thing that you ordinarily wouldn't think about, accident and illness insurance. Um, I think when you take a look at just the amount of risk involved for some of these athletes, there is that cover that is necessary. And also any boarding and lodging costs when they do travel where it is necessary, those are also covered by the scholarship. So the scholarship is very well-rounded, all-encompassing, and covers all of the key areas if we're going to have um, successful athletes at... um, Paris 2024. And our very own Barry Menandi, of course, uh, you emceed uh, that particular event at the French Ambassador's uh, residence, uh, which of course was featuring the Minister of uh, Sport, Art and Recreation. Uh, and no doubt, Barry, you would have had a chin wag with some of the people who were present, uh, not only from the Ministry of Sport, but also from the Olympic Committee on the importance of such initiatives to make sure that uh, Zimbabwe or Team Zimbabwe is better represented at the next Olympic Games and future Olympic Games to come. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, it, w- it was also pleasant to hear that uh, the Zimbabwe Olympic Committee has got a uh, uh, 2021 to 2024 uh, strategy and one of the goals is for, uh, goal number one in fact, is for athlete uh, development and support and this falls right in with that. So, it's about developing the athlete. The, 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 the one tragedy of the scholarship, if there's any, is that it's it's not quite enough. It's a start. Okay, yeah. so each of the athletes, when you, when you 
do all the maths, it ends up round about between 650 bucks to 900 bucks a month. Now, that, and obviously I get it quarterly, so it comes as a lump sum, but if, if we think about some of the things that Chris was talking about, those cost a little bit more than that. So we, we, we need to get corporate Zimbabwe on the back of this to then uh, give the next uh, step up. So I think it's a good start, uh, but certainly more is required. Uh, certainly more is required. And of course, uh, corporate Zimbabwe, if you're listening, I think uh, this is just the start that uh, our athletes are receiving uh, from the International Olympic Committee. But it's an important one, uh, but they certainly do need uh, more. Now, we have in the studio, of course, uh, one of Zimbabwe's finest athletes uh, from a previous generation, and that is Alois Mungira. Uh, Alois, you started off, of course, uh, your football career notably uh, as a very young man uh, coming yep. out of uh, Chitungwiz, uh, getting into Prince Edward. Uh, was that on his scholarship? Um, I started getting scholarship uh, on uh, when I was in Form 3. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I was in Form 3, it was more like a personal uh, personal uh, endeavor from Grabowski. Islav Grabowski, he was paying. Upon just realizing the, the talent and yes. the ability that you had, and he thought, you know what, this is something that's uh, worth investing in. Uh, how yes. much, uh, how important was that in terms of you uh, in your family just freeing up the resources that your parents would have ordinarily had to pay as far as school fees and upkeep is concerned? How important was that for you in terms of just giving you peace of mind that you know what you knew that certain basics uh, were covered yeah i know it was, it was it was actually a good thing you know i come from a very humble background uh and uh, when that was announced and uh, the whole family uh, we, we were excited uh, about it because we we're like five boys uh forced to going to school at that uh, particular time and and for for me to get that scholarship from three it was actually uh quite good and at the same time after from four then I had to be transferred. Same scholarship. He said, no, I don't want you to be studying there in Zengeza. I had to go to Prince Edward uh, for a level, still paying. Then I got a scholarship, full scholarship now to go to the University of Kentucky. That was a full scholarship from the Minister of, Minister of Education. I think, yeah, Minister of Education and Minister of Affairs, I think they, they combined together to form a, a foundation that was sponsoring academically gifted uh, sports people. And I got, uh, I was one of the beneficiaries of that scholarship. And then it was also good for Grabowski now. It was off his hands. He yeah. was paying for me and now it was now the government. But he had obviously, yeah. of course, laid the foundation. And yes. Now, uh, earlier on, there uh, you, of course, you talked about the fact that uh, the, 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 these scholarships are not enough. Now, the Minister of Youth, Sports and Arts and Recreation, Kirsty Coventry, also said that these need to come up with long-term plans for the development of athletes by national sports associations. Let's hear from her. I know I benefited from it myself. I swam against my competitors every two weeks. Um, and we just don't have as many competitions here locally or even regionally. Um, but I think the what we have challenged the national sports associations is to come up with a longer-term plans. Um, personally, I feel that we've been looking at too many short-term plans, scrambling around, what are we going to do this year? What are we going to do next year? Instead of saying, right, let's slow down. What are we going to do in eight years' time and work towards that? Um, and that doesn't mean leaving anyone behind. It just means adjusting things and putting a focus on our younger athletes, our t- talented younger athletes, and grooming them 
raising extra funds, being specific about what we use those funds for. Um, as a ministry, we are very much through SRC still looking at which sports should we scientifically be supporting um, financially. You all know our budgets. You all know we don't have just a bottomless pit of, of money. And so we have to be really purposeful with what we do with that money. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it in rugby. We challenged rugby. You know, a few years ago, we said, well, you can't keep coming to us last minute. And they put in a plan. And what are we seeing? We've only seen results from them this year. Um, you know, the level of commitment that has come from them and from hockey, the same thing. So we need to see that level of commitment as well coming from the federations. And I think once we get to start seeing that and start putting into place the different stipulations um, of financial support that government can help with, along with the private sector that they can help with, we'll really get all on the boat together and go up that river. Uh, Minister Costa Coventry, they are speaking about the fact that they don't have a bottomless pit uh, of uh, money, uh, you know, uh, but that she's been challenging the national sports associations to make a plan uh, and to follow through on their plan so that uh, sport goes forward. But I feel that may be where our problem really lies, Chris, because we are asking our sports associations to operate in silos without an all encompassing approach yeah. as a nation yeah. as far as sports is concerned. Yeah, and it's something that the process had been started for us to get a national sports policy. I think when you take a look at other countries and their federations having long-term plans, those long-term plans come from somewhere. There are goals set at a national level to direct the efforts of the federations. Yes, the federations need to be organized. They need to get their funding in order. And yes, um, the ministry and the SRC need to work together to find out scientifically where they should be placing their money but for me we still need that national sports policy plans are great but let's have the national sports policy driving all of the federations and uh, that national sports uh, policy Barry uh, I know uh, the former minister Makosini Hlongwane uh, had been a big champion uh, of the national sports policy and I believe work had started uh, but uh, surprisingly uh, we still don't have one uh, and it's important that we do have one because if you take a look at all the nations uh, that are sort of like dominating in the world of sport uh, and even some of them that are on the up you take a look at nations like Rwanda you take a look at the kingdom of Eswatini for example mm. uh, those nations who are being very deliberate about what they do and how they invest in the world of sport they are all guided principally by a national sports policy well, yeah and it's, it's uh, tragic that um, uh, that that sports policy wasn't able to be uh, seen through I think we've gotten to a stage of even uh, public launch uh, at, at that stage back then uh, and then obviously the document is somewhere gathering dust uh, and hopefully it'll be dusted off and uh, um, edited and, and uh, we can, we can uh, then move on because in truth the things that we want to achieve are standard ultimately we want to get a podium performance how do we get a podium performance? We get qualification done. Here the solidarity the Olympic solidarity sponsorships assist us to qualify, at least get the qualification sorted but even beyond qualification we have to ensure podium performance. Uh, so in truth what are we going to focus on is a big question and I'm glad that the minister asked it that what because we can't do everything we have to have the sports that we are good at and make sure that we channel resources scarce resources to those sports 
absolutely. And of course, uh, but we still must commend uh, the Zimbabwe Olympic Committee and the IOC for this initiative, which at least gives some of our athletes a chance, not just uh, uh, at a qualification uh, for the next Olympic Games, but also participating and hopefully being in and amongst the medals and putting in some stellar performances. Now, if we think that is something that is perhaps a bit too far, well, let me tell you uh, that the Rio Games in 2016 are really the pinnacle of this initiative. And I'm going to give you some statistics that came out of uh, that Olympic Games as far as these scholarships uh, are concerned. There were 101 medals awarded to uh, guys who, of course, coming out of the scholarship uh, programs. There were 33 gold medal winners, 26 won silver and 42 won bronze. The delegations of six national Olympic committees, that of Swaziland, uh, Laos, uh, Liechtenstein, Kosovo, San Marino and the Solomon Islands were made up entirely of Olympic scholarship holders. And of course, it's an initiative that started way back in 1992 at the Barcelona Olympic Games. And we hope that it's going to yield more than just one or two participants at the next Olympic Games for Team Zimbabwe. Get in touch with us uh, on our WhatsApp platforms. We'd love to keep it interactive on this show. 0731168045. We're going to be having a fan zone a bit later on after our play of the day and we'll try and read as many of your messages as we can. That number again, 0731168045. We're also on Twitter where you can follow and interact with at ZFM Sport. Time to give you more local sport, golf, triathlon and football before we swing stateside for your NBA playoffs update. Hi, my name's Ryan Kenz, Sunshine Tour professional golfer and you're listening to ZFM Sport. We'll start off with some golf news where Zimbabwe professional golfer Shahid Mahmed still has a better chance of qualifying for a Sunshine Tour card after he was the best-placed local at the ongoing tournament at the Heronbanks Golf and River Estate in South Africa. Mahmed is tied on position 17 after he carded a level par with only three professional local professionals taking to the field. The former Chapman bass player also has Stuart Krog and Mark Williams in the field that will see the players playing four rounds with the top 10 getting the right to play on the Sunshine Tour. In triathlon news, national coach Pamela Fulton is hopeful the team to represent the country at the Africa Triathlon Championships in September will have enough time to get ready for the event despite some limitations since they are now in their off-season. Zimbabwe will field athletes in the under-19 sprint ladies, under-17 youth A super sprint boys and girls and under-15 youth B super sprint boys and girls. The championships are scheduled to take place between the 23rd and 25th of September in Morocco. Finish off with some football news. The Premier Soccer League have expressed concerns about the standard of match officiating that is currently being witnessed during league matches. The league's fathers have implored the Zifa Referees Committee to seriously look into the matter. The PSL sent out a press release on the violence and hooliganism which occurred on Saturday during the FC Platinum against Highlanders match at Mandava, saying they will commence the disciplinary procedure over the abandoned match once they have received a report from the Zimbabwe Republic Police Alloys. We talk about this season in season out when it comes to our refereeing it's simply not good enough and it's unfortunate that it's almost um, 
a bit shrouded in terms of any kind of discipline in terms of our referees. Yeah, uh, we, we spoke about it at least. I, I'm not sure about the courses that the, that the guys uh, go through, <laughs> you know, uh, because at times you wonder when you're watching the match and the, I, I never went through a referee, a referee training course, but I interpret the rules much better than some of them, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it, it gets confusing. So I think uh, we need to be uh, aggressive in our ref education, bring in uh, Felix Tangori, my and them, uh, Brandon Mzamiri, uh, what do you go, Wilfred Mkuna, they were the best of them, you know, because they were so good. They need to bring, to start bringing in a fresh minds uh, in the in the refereeing world and uh, give us something that we can also cheer about. We used to cheer the ref, you know, when you cheer the referee when he's doing something mm. good, that's what we want to see. National Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. Whether it's the NBA or NFL, the best of America on ZFM Sport. the business end in the NBA and if you love watching your sports late at night or early in the morning well now <laughs> is your season because the basketball games are usually at about 2am 4am and you'll be lucky to sort of like get a uh, a 5.30 start if it's uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, playing out on the west coast uh, in the United States of America and, and, so, and the WhatsApp groups will be quiet eh? <laughs> very quiet and, uh, it, it, if you're a dedicated sports fan I mean and you're really dedicated to American sport, uh, the winter season will test you. Oh, yes. <laughs> that tests your commitment. Uh, it'll, it'll, sure. it'll test your commitment because uh, when tip-off is like at 3 a.m. Hey. Uh, and it's minus 6 degrees, uh, you'll be like thinking, maybe not. I'll just get the result on the WhatsApp group when I wake up in the morning. Now, let's give you an update after scuffling through a frustrating first three quarters, Grizzlies guard Jay Morant exploded with a vengeance in one of the most compelling closing performances in recent postseason history. Morant's ex- exploits fueled a fourth quarter rally that lifted the Grizzlies to a 111 to 109 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves in game five as they took a 3 to 2 series lead in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Let's hear from the Memphis Grizzlies superstar Jay Morant. I mean, it feels good when you win, but me personally, I'm tired of it tired of playing from behind. Uh, game two, you see what happened, you know, when we come out and, you know, play from the jump. So we just got to have that mindset we had going into game two, um, into, you know, game six, and, you know, not give them too much life, go ahead and, you know, come out and play hard, play with energy, and, you know, start early pretty much. Um, but like I said, you know, last three games, we haven't played our basketball, wasn't knocking down shots, but, you know, we battled. Uh, me personally, man, I'm giving it my all, man. <laughs> Ready to lay down. 
Memphis Grizzlies superstar Jay Morant. Uh, he's giving it his all, but he's tired of coming from behind yeah, and is. he wants to be on top. <laughs> he really does. And wants to be on top from the jump. <laughs> so, uh, listen, in truth, um, you can understand why. Yeah. Uh, because he sparked this recovery in, in the game. Uh, yeah, look, uh, after that dunk in the, in the third quarter, uh, uh, the closing seconds of the, of the third quarter, it gave the crowd a lift. It gave the team a lift. Going into the fourth quarter, now the deficit was down to 11 points. Yeah, fine. In game, game three, they came back from 21 points. 11 points was, was a, a, a little bit less. But still, coming from behind is never easy because you can't see where you're, where you're, where, where, whether you're actually going to get back into the game. So, consequently, uh, I can understand his frustration. Yeah, absolutely. Jay Moran scored 18 points in the fourth quarter and ignited his team as the Grizzlies rode back uh, to stage their second big comeback of the series. Uh, while the 11-point deficit was a far cry from the 21-point margin Memphis overcame in Game 3, the significance of Moran's play has larger repercussions for a team that has been desperate for a transcendent display from its superstar. He'll be expected to carry on in this manner, Chris, because this is a very tight series mm. uh, and the big performances from the big players are what will pull uh, whatever team is going to win at the end of this series through. Yeah, when you take a look at um, his average at the moment, uh, well, 20 points, 10.8 assists, 7.8 rebounds, 3.8 turnovers in the first four games of the series. So when you take a look at those stats, he's going to be expected to because he's been the guy, he says he's tired of it now, mm. to kind of pull <laughs> them out of the slump and uh, of, he wants to now avoid those come from behind wins. So he's going to be expected to, regardless, I, I don't think this is a trend that's going to discontinue for the Grizzlies. And, I mean, listen, I, I do agree with him, Chris, because, uh, you know, if it's plenty of work if you're going to have to come from behind. Absolutely. Um, when you take a look at just the amount of stamina and willpower that you yeah. need, just the mental fortitude not to give up right in the middle um, and go right down to the end to the wire, you're going to need uh, to pull a lot out of the tank. And it's it's not every kind of basket, every average man, every basketball player yeah. is going to have that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the handling, Barry, uh, uh, of Jay Morant, uh, I thought in this game, especially uh, from behind, I thought that was <laughs> exceptional. His handling was exceptional, certainly. <laughs> but I think that. Why are you laughing, Baz? I can't laugh. I can't do it. I really can't. I can't do it. Huh? I, 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 uh, private joke. Let me let me put it that way. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's, let's 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 move on with the, with the basketball, with the sports news now. Uh, the rest of last night's results uh, were the Miami Heat. Uh, they of course uh, won their series four one after thumping the Atlanta Hawks. They didn't have to come from behind in that one. Uh, and then the Phoenix Suns are beating the Pelicans uh, one twelve to ninety seven. They lead the series three uh, two. You complete a first round series. We touched on this on yesterday's show. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets were swept by the Celtics four nil. Now, your upcoming first-round matchups, uh, you've got, of course, the Chicago Bulls at the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks lead the series at 3-1, looking to close that one out. The Denver Nuggets are the Golden State Warriors, with the Warriors leading the series at 3-1. The Philadelphia 76ers are at the Toronto Raptors, and the 76ers lead the series at 3-2. No telling which way this one could go. The Phoenix Suns at the New Orleans Pelicans. The Suns are leading the series 3-2. And the Dallas Mavericks are at the Utah Jazz, with the Mavericks leading the series 3 
3-2. A lot of closely fought encounters. And of course, we'll be keeping you updated right here on ZFM Sport. Time to go around the world in 60. Hi, my name is Zuba Amute, Los Angeles Clipper Small Forward, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds. International sports news. We begin in England where Ben Stokes has agreed to be England's next test captain after meeting with the new director of cricket, Rob Key, and he wants to recall James Anderson and Stuart Broad. The pair met face-to-face for talks the first time since Key's appointment last week with Stokes' captaincy now going now going to the ECB for final rubber stamping before he is announced elsewhere in the IPL riding on Rian Parag's superb batting effort the Rajasthan Royals defeated the Royal Challengers Bangalore by 29 runs in a clash at the MCA Stadium in Pune last night Head over to Spain where Rafael Nadal is said to return to competitive action at next week's Real Madrid. Next week's Madrid oh. Open. <laughs> Your mind is already on the footy, Chris. I'm already on the footy, guys. <laughs> In Spain, Rafael Nadal is said to return to competitive action at next week's Madrid Open, a month out from the French Open, which the Spanish legend has won 13 times. Nadal resumed training last week after being on the sidelines for four weeks due to a rib injury. He said on social media he wanted to play in the Spanish capital despite being short of preparation. And we'll touch down in South Africa where Springbok coach Jacques Nienabur says preparation for the 2023 Rugby World Cup has commenced as they prepare for their title defence in France. Yesterday marked 500 days to go to the start of next year's Rugby World Cup with the Bok mentor already excited. South Africa will contest Pool B alongside Ireland, Scotland and Spain as well as yet to be determined as well as a yet to be determined qualifying team. Nienabur who served as assistant coach in the triumphant 2019 Rugby World Cup campaign in Japan said the mouse Stone date sparked great excitement. The hits. Everywhere I go, they be like, Live. I'm talking to you. Pop, pop, it's showtime. 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 And my heart got me walking side to side. Let me love you. See. Hold on to me. Oh, see. Fan Zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. 0731168045. Be a part of the conversation. I'll give you the number again. 0731168045. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at ZFM Sport. The messages are coming in. Silas, our buddy out. Uh, this is a plus one. Uh, Canada, US. Mm. Uh, says Barry having too much fun in the studio, cracking himself <laughs> up. <laughs> Let's go Liverpool. Get a big <laughs> result today. That is coming up in the beautiful game, of course. So we'll, we'll be previewing uh, Liverpool's encounter against the yellow submarine Villarreal at the home of football Anfield. Uh, let's go to our messages here. Good evening, guys. Uh, you're clearly having uh, a role on the double intradays uh, today. <laughs> so in the same spirit, would like to say rest in peace to Clive Chugubu, one of Zimbabwe's masters oh, of yeah. humour. Great show. <laughs> I love it. And it's a, it's a pity, isn't it, Chris, yeah. about uh, Clive Chugubu? Mm, really, really sad. Young, incredibly talented guy. And and um, for me, it's especially sad when we when we didn't get to see as much of him as we would have liked. I think he had a lot to share with the world. Is it a damning indictment, Barry, on the arts industry that we now begin to celebrate him in death? And yet when the man was ill, uh, on his deathbed, on his sickbed even, yeah. uh, when all this started, uh, first of all, not many people knew. Yeah. Uh, and the industry didn't rise up to make sure that he got the treatment that he so badly needed yeah. uh, to carry on going. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's a damning indictment indeed. Uh, listen, try, uh, let's let's do what we can uh, to sustain life rather than celebrate death. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that, that that's the message that comes out of this. Uh, if there were efforts that took place, well, certainly didn't know about them. Uh, but And they, they, they unfortunately weren't, uh, and they were in, inadequate uh, to try and sustain life. And now we've lost a very young, talented uh, comedian. A basketball fan here, you don't tell us your name, but you say, Anza, a fan of Memphis, Varemir what they thought would be easy welcome to the playoffs young fellas and of course the playoffs uh, that's where uh, the basketball is played at a very furious pace because you know you lose you snooze you lose you go home I mean one series that's really surprised me uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, Chris uh, who I think sort of like snuck into the playoffs uh, via the back door Uh, the Phoenix Suns the team with the best record right now Mm. that one is locked at 3-2 if ever was a sweep that many people would have put money in it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. Yeah. It's this one. But the Pelicans are fighting. The Pelicans are doing a really good job of keeping themselves in the running. I think what possibly worked for them was the fact that they had a lot of doubt. I'm sure when you take a look at the Phoenix Suns, they probably thought, you know what, this is a great thing for us. We can sweep over them. But unfortunately, that's not how it works out in the playoffs. In these championship encounters, how big a role, Barry, is motivation? Motivation your ability is... ability to G up your troops yeah. and get them in the fight. It's a massive, massive, massive. It, it, it actually is the difference uh, because in truth, you've gone through a full regular season. So we're not talking about fitness. We're not talking about gelling. We're not talking about uh, tactics uh, so much. Uh, we're talking about who is up for it on the night. And in truth, the motivation is, is probably uh, 60% of the battle. The rest uh, is obviously your skill and the, the, the tactics that you put together. Okay, I, I want to play something here uh, just to prove a point. Uh, you know, this is a, a soundbite from the new... New Orleans a head coach and this of course was in the matchup uh, against the Clippers in the previous round that led them to here and I'm just going to play this because uh, I mean this is what you call motivation uh, and I wonder if it it, 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 it happens you know uh, in Zim Sport do we mm. have uh, coaches of this nature coach in his first year for the Pelicans giving that rousing speech I mean that yeah. listen this is what we live for yeah, yeah. you've got to fight yeah and they fought at, at that time I think they had like a, a, a double digit deficit mm. against a higher ranked team and they reeled them in and won well, there we go and and that's what motivates well, listen as Chavez my tactics uh, uh, it's uh, about fight and, in the dog now and sometimes it's it's heart heart gets you over the line and uh, heart fight will and work will get you where talent can't get you so I think that that uh, speech uh, um, and that motivated his troops is what won them the game uh, now at ZFM Sport today we remember the day when the Zambian team of Dabi Mankinka perished may their souls rest in peace uh, don't uh, forget and of course uh, more messages coming in here Love Mokashawa also talks about uh, the 27th of April in 1993 29 years ago when we dearly and tragically lost fellow footballers and officials in a plane disaster that had the Zambians over the likes of the late Dabi Mankinka. Uh, Dabi, you were a young player. Did you ever rub shoulders with Dabi Mankinka, uh, Alois? 
we actually shared a flat. Mm. Uh, we we stay we stay together at Coronet Court in town. Uh, when I first moved in from Chitungwiz, I remember to Prince Edward, I was ousted. Uh, Coronet Court, where Debbie was staying here, just arrived from uh, from Zambia. Coincidentally, I was actually his understudy because mm. he was playing in my position. That's why I delayed playing in the first team because Stuart and them and Norman they played earlier than me. They started earlier than me. I was still on the bench because Debbie was playing in my position. When Debbie left in 1992, that's when I took up my position and I started playing. He's, so, he's almost a mythical figure. How good was he? He was he was he was good. Yeah, like really good. Those people that watched him remember he was actually uh, put on the soccer star of the year calendar after playing only nine games. Yeah. You know they had to bend the rules because it has to it had to be minimum ten matches. He had played nine, and they said, guys, we cannot leave this guy out because those were nine outstanding matches. You know, for some of us who were watching from the bench, sitting and watching, we were actually fans. We were enjoying ourselves. <laughs> fans, <laughs> of <your laughs> fans of my teammate, yes. <laughs> you know, and now to see him at training every day, day in day out was amazing and the inspiration that he brought he brought this uh, thing in us that you need to train no matter how good you are you still need to train the guy was a workaholic he used to train you know sometimes we used to train at the national sports stadium he would refuse to get onto the bus mm. after training mm. and he would walk back to, to town to you would come back here on jogging. You would just put his sneakers on wow. and come back jogging. That's how serious he was. He used to have fun as well. He used to drink a lot, but you know, that, <laughs> but, he, but you know, when he's taking it out, you would take it out for real. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, someone here has just said that uh, Aloy should do a memoir. He seems to have a lot of interesting stories to tell. And I say here, here. Yeah. But of course, uh, we remember uh, that great uh, Zambian team, the likes of Effort Shabala, uh, the goalkeeper Barry, uh, great, great players, uh, Wison Shangwe as well. They're great names, these uh, guys, you know. Yeah. But and Wisdom like Rumba Chansa. was my favorite. Yeah, Kelvin Malaza Mutale as well. Uh, Samuel Chomba. Kenan Simambe, Godfrey Kangwa, uh, Patrick Boma Banda, mm. uh, great players, and Barry. What would have been even uh, greater, I think, is the rebuilding job that yeah. Zambia did in the aftermath of that disaster yeah. to get to the final of the African Cup of Nations and then lose to that great Nigeria side. Yeah, and and it shows you how much talent there was in Zambia at that time. And uh, of course, that uh, rebuilding job was on the back of uh, Kalusha Bwalia, uh, who, yes. had, who had been coming in from Europe and yeah. wasn't on the same flight. Uh, so. Giving Basela uh, and that their lives were spared in order for them to become the foundation upon which they built and a phenomenal, phenomenal side. Your, your hit mu- music station, my station, your station, it's everybody's station. Z FM Stereo, the big leagues, the big teams, the big players, the beautiful game on ZFM Sport. Champions League is all we're talking about today on the beautiful game. So we're going to throw back to last night and then uh, we're going to preview tonight's game, which is Liverpool uh, taking on uh, the uh, supposed might of Villarreal. We'll tell you why we call them mighty uh, just now. Let's talk about last night. Pep Guardiola, rude Manchester City's missed chances as they beat uh, Real Madrid 4-3, but squandered the opportunity to kill off the Spanish side in a game Guardiola described as a fantastic Champions League semi-final. Guardiola's team team should have left Los Blancos dead and buried in the first leg at the Etihad Stadium as they held a two-goal lead three times only to allow the La Liga leaders back into the tie on each occasion. Let's hear from Pep Guardiola who says the result could have been better. Even the result could have been better. Madrid is always better than Madrid. It doesn't matter with 1-0 up or 2 or 3 or with 
So you have to perform really well two games. We perform really well the first one. You have to do it the second one. It's a, a good test to show our personality as a team. Um, and we are going to travel there to, to win the game. So maybe we have to defend well, or maybe we can say we have to put the chance. But we were there, we were there. So it's not one complaint about the result, no complaint about the performance, anything. So I'm so proud, I'm sorry, I'm so incredible, happy the way we perform in front of the world. A team like Last Decade is there and insists with that, and a team like have a lot of experience with that. And we, we did everything to win and with courage, with the ball, without the ball. And um, and now, yeah, recover. Hopefully, we can arrive quite well to the game in Leeds and and in Madrid. See. Manchester City coach there, Pep Guardiola, talking about the fact that the result could have been better and it should have been better because they butchered a lot of chances and left the back door open and Real Madrid walked right through. Yeah, I think uh, you, you summed it up right when you say they left the back door open because they were really open because there was no way that Real Madrid, they were not even in the game yeah. at all. How they scored those goals, I don't know. Shocking. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually shocking. But the, the positive about Manchester City is that they went forward, they penetrated when they wanted to score they looked for goals and they were good for uh, good value for money you know they can look for goals hopefully when they play in the return leg Cancelo and uh, Cancelo and um, Walker and Walker will be back I think their defense will be a little bit um, more solid and then we can actually see a better performance from them because remember I'm I'm Tim Pep (laughs) yeah so (laughs) I hope that they come back and be solid Uh, Chris you were conservative in your estimation of goals in this match you thought uh, 2-1 would be the result (laughs) Mike and Alois went for higher score lines none of us were right uh, because there were a lot more goals than we expected uh, but the one person we all agreed who was going to probably be the difference was Kevin De Bruyne and fittingly he got that first goal through a ghosting run that uh, should be shown at academies yeah and and to be honest 93 seconds into a Champions League game and mm. you are able to get that goal I think is absolutely incredible Kevin De Bruyne has a way of playing that I think it's called footballing intelligence um, just yes, the way in yeah, which yeah, yeah. he's able to do things is a little bit different than an average player it goes beyond the usual with Kevin De Bruyne and that's exactly what that goal was absolutely demonstrated all his skills and uh, uh, just looking at the second leg very briefly Michael you got to think to yourself that Man City will be quietly confident on the basis that they know they should have won this by a bigger margin and they know that the Bernabeu is not imposing anymore. Yeah, I, I think they'll be very uh, very confident uh, and I don't see this game changing. Uh, I think Man City will still control possession, will still control proceedings. They will do the bidding. Uh, it'll be set up in exactly the same way uh, with Real Madrid ty- trying to play on the break and trying to be ruthless and efficient uh, in possession. So it'll come down really to the changes that both coaches are going to make in that second leg. Uh, the impact that Cancelo is going to make uh, offensively and defensively and then mm. Walker as oh, well Walker, yeah. who's of course going to be up against uh, Vinicius Jr. Yeah. And we saw how Fernandinho Strike, struggled, uh, struggled. Uh, against uh, Vinicius Jr. Walker now is quicker yeah. than Vinicius Jr. Mm. Uh, in terms of pace. Yeah, yeah, uh, and is, so yeah. he's going to nullify the pace aspect. It just comes down to whether they can defend better. But I think Pep Guardiola as well that's a manager who's gone to the Santiago Bernabeu and won there yeah. several times. Yeah. So it's not a place that he fears. Uh, and Real Madrid is not a club. Yes, he will respect the club, but he knows that he can get a result uh, at the Santiago Bernabeu. So City will be quietly confident. But uh, Real Madrid, like you said, the mm-hmm. back door, they walked straight through it. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be looking to do a job. But 
it's going to be very difficult because if they open up and allow a city uh, the space that they need, uh, then uh, it, it may end up being quite messy for yeah. Real Madrid because Chelsea proved that you can go to Spain and win yeah, and win they did. quite comfortably. They, they certainly did. And uh, Chelsea, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Casemiro was even in that lineup uh, that Real Madrid put out against Chelsea. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting tie, uh, the second leg of this tie. Now, this was only the second ever UEFA Champions League semi final match to see both sides score three or more goals after Dinamo Kiev three all draw with Bayern Munich. That was in April 1999. Uh, and it's the joint highest scoring semi-final along with Ajax 5-2 against Bayern Munich that was April 1995 and of course Liverpool uh, their 5-2 victory over Roma in April of 2018 that's the bit about goals 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 let's take a look at the match tonight <laughs> ZFM stereo is untouchable alright now Liverpool manager Herr Klopp Jurgen Klopp insists that he will not underestimate, quote, world-class Villarreal boss Unai Emery ahead of tonight's Champions League semi-final first leg. Liverpool's hunt for an unprecedented quadruple continues this week when they welcome a Villarreal side to Anfield, hoping to make history under head coach Emery uh, by reaching their first Champions League final. It's here from the Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp. Yes, we face a very, very difficult opponent. That's that's true. They are made for this competition. To be 100% honest, the way they set it up, it's 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 really, really good. I had a lot of respect for Emery and Villarreal before um, because I saw the games obviously, but only with one eye against Bayern, um, move a little bit. Um, but meanwhile, I watched them properly and. Um, Wow, um, impressive. Um, Unai is obviously, uh, uh, or looks like, when they watch his team, he's a detail-obsessed uh, manager who um, prepares for all different situations in the game. Z. Yeah, he's talking about not underestimating the opponent, and you can never do that in the Champions League for sure, Alois. Uh, but quietly, I think Liverpool will be going into this and say, if we play to our ability, we should get the result. Yeah, obviously, they, you know, you respect your opponents. Yeah, they beat, uh, they, they, they beat you there. Yeah. They, 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 they knocked out Bayern. So you gotta, you gotta give them some, uh, some sense of respect. But, uh, like you're saying, quietly, Liverpool fans and Liverpool players, Liverpool <laughs> coach, they, they're comfortable with that. They believe that, uh, Man City versus Real Madrid were, was a tougher semi final assignment. Sure. And this one is, they believe that they're already in the final. To be honest, I, I haven't seen any, any Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool fan. Like worried about about about, about uh, really about this match, <laughs> and uh, even for some of us the neutrals, we just feel that this is going to be probably. Um, you'll be careful, with fans, but I think it's going to be a straight apart. Let me ask a Liverpool fan straight away, Mike. Yeah. Are you worried? Uh, I'm not worried. No, he's uh, not. But uh, <laughs> I am very respectful. Yes. Uh, yeah. As I was as uh, before well be, yeah. Villarreal played Bayern Munich, I think we had a lot of people who were absolutely uh, confident that Bayern Munich could do the business. But uh, if you if you take a look at Villarreal, whilst they may not be occupying uh, a lofty position in La Liga, they never lose by much. Yeah. They are well organised. They are very structured. Even when they come up against the big boys, Real Madrid and Barcelona, it's never easy for those teams. For sure. So I expect the same thing against uh, Liverpool. They'll be compact, they'll be well organised, they'll try and hit Liverpool on the break uh, and they'll try and be efficient whenever they're in possession and they do have a few players. Moreno uh, is very good in, posi- in possession. They, they they have the likes of course Dani Parejo uh, mm. in midfield. Mm. 
his his battle uh, with Thiago uh, is going to be very interesting. You know, uh, two similar type players who occupy two similar positions and yeah. who are of course vying for a place in the Spanish uh, World Cup squad. Yeah. So that that's going to be key. Whoever controls the midfield, I think, is going to be able to give. If Liverpool controls midfield, mm. uh, I think Villarreal is going to be in for a long night. Yeah. Uh, because of the quality Liverpool has in attack, uh, so they they're going to have to get on the ball a lot more Villarreal. But if Liverpool dominate possession uh, and uh, pin them back. Uh, the likes of Diaz now are able to bring something very different uh, to the party than uh, many teams were used to. Money playing through the middle is a completely different player. Proposition uh, completely. Yeah, yeah completely mm. different proposition. He is very ruthless and efficient in front of goal. Uh, and of course, Mo Salah with the magic touch out on the left. So yeah. I still fancy Liverpool to do the business against Villarreal. Yeah, and uh, well, quietly well, confident. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, there you Not go. so quietly. I told you. But Chris, uh, just on the other side of things you look at that yellow submarine uh, their, their, their biggest asset yes we can talk about the LBOs we can talk about the Danny Parejos but their biggest asset is Unai Emery mm. uh, because this is a coach who knows how he won the Europa League uh, three times on the spin with Sevilla took Arsenal to the final of the Europa League he's a, he's a guy who knows how to deal with European competition uh, so if there's anyone and Jurgen Klopp highlights that this is a world club's manager if there's mm. anyone to watch tonight It'll be Unai Emery. Yeah, and I'm sure he he's done a lot of homework. He set up his store incredibly well for tonight. Um, I don't think he's going to be going into this um, making any kind of underestimation in terms of Liverpool's approach because I think Liverpool themselves are not going to hold back on the basis that, you know what, this is Villarreal, we don't need to do too much. So I think he's going to be incredibly well prepared. So is his team and it's going to be a barnstorming affair, I think. Nah, we can't go without predictions. Alois, quickly. Nah, I'm looking at 3-1 again. 3-1? Yeah. To Liverpool. Yeah? Chris? I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. Again? <laughs> go. Michael. Fodder. Wow. Yay! Hey. A tie done, boss. <laughs> I think Liverpool are going to be up for it. Yeah, I, I think and Liverpool... Uh, and uh, and uh, Liverpool is not conceding goals. Yeah. So uh, it's very difficult to totally see Villarreal breaking through. So uh, I, I fancy Diaz in the starting lineup. I fancy four. Eesh. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be high scoring, but uh, yeah, I think three. 3-0 to Liverpool. Let's see how it all goes. So, we're back so much for respect. <laughs> <laughs> we're back for the Thank show. God we're not on the show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if it backfires. <laughs> the short edition is on tomorrow. Don't miss it. May God richly bless you. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Manandi, out. Nice, Messi. It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. The biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that the arrogance can think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world, and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Mundled, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport.
Brasil.